Well, howdy, Scooper Troopers, Inside Scoopers, Scott Cats, and Littermates, and whatever else you call yourselves. I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper. And I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper. And this is the fifth episode of The Dipshit Files. And today we've got a actual monster. Yeah. But he called himself the man of the century. <laughs> but what was he really like? Well, Pedro Alonso Lopez is a convicted Colombian serial killer who's believed to have murdered more than 300 people. Yikes. He became known as the monster of the Andes in 1980 when he led police to 53 graves in Ecuador. The victims were all girls between the ages of 9 and 12. And in 1983, he was found guilty of the murders of 110 girls in Ecuador. Yet he further confessed to an additional 240 murders in Peru and Colombia, but we'll go over that. He's one of the biggest piece of shits in the history of the world. Yeah, the, simply because of, I mean, his victimology, 9 to 12 years old, young girls. Couldn't be more of a it, threat to society. Fucking terrible. Couldn't be a bigger threat to society. Yeah. Does he rank up there with Albert Fish? We're going to find out. We added some interesting things mm -hmm. this week on our dipshit meter. So mm -hmm. join us as we open up another dipshit file with this week's dipshit Pedro Alonso Lopez. So welcome to the show. We've got a fucking dark ass one today. Yeah, we do. Like one of the worst ones ever. Mm -hmm. So Pedro Alonso Lopez, his life is crap. I, what I find interesting about the story is that a missionary intervenes in the middle of his life uh -huh. or even kind of earlier in his life. And he could have, if he didn't do what he was doing, what he thought was right. He could have saved, saved hundreds, hundreds of, of lives. Yeah, hundreds of lives. Yeah. And so it's like, goddamn. Mm -hmm. Sometimes... Good intentions really do have uh, unintended consequences yeah. that are through <laughs> right. the roof. Through right. the roof. And this is also a story of kicking the rock down from one country to another. Mm -hmm. I can't believe what happens to this guy's life. And there's an even worse part that we'll get to as mm. we get to it mm -hmm. that I cannot believe. And you won't be able to believe it either. <laughs> the fact that this guy isn't a household name is mind-blowing as well. He's yeah. the real true-to-life boogeyman. Yeah, he's uh, his story is very interesting, very dark, and... I had a hell of a time doing research on this because I had to delve into some pretty ugly stuff. Mm. And so I removed, I didn't go into detail right. on a lot of what he did and how he did it. And I am intentionally just giving you the basics. I mean, I really don't think any of us want to hear about. No, that's horrific. This one's. What this person does to young children, girls. Yeah. So. I'm going to leave a lot to the imagination. Hopefully you guys don't have to imagine much, right. but I am going to cover it. So High-level psycho. Yeah, fucking insane. So are we ready for the story? I think so. What we're going to do today is tell the whole story. We've got a little bit of context to mm -hmm. start with, and then we're going to go through his early life and into the terrible shit that he did. Mm -hmm. And of course, we'll end up getting to the dipshit meter, mm -hmm. and he's high, that's for mm -hmm. sure. But does he challenge Albert Fish all the way? Oh, we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. <laughs> and also we added a, a new area to the dipshit meter yeah. that we think makes it even better Yeah. and more true to what kind of danger to society these people are. Yeah. And I think you guys will agree. And we redid every single one of the people yeah. we've already done. <laughs> We're going to have to go through that. We gave them new scores. And so we'll go through that too, mm -hmm. but it's real quick and real easy. And then we'll preview next week and uh, then we'll say bye. But for right now, let's start with this terrible dipshit. Dipshit Files number five, Pedro Lopez. 
This is the story of the, one of the most brutal and ruthless killers that ever lived. A story with disturbing implications, although the perpetrator of the crimes has been identified and convicted, to date his whereabouts are completely unknown. That's the scariest part. Yeah, right? That's the dumbest shit that that's allowed. That's not allowed. <laughs> but, but Hundreds let's... of little girls, and he's like, nah, I'm just going to go like, free. I'm just going to go again. Not, not life for that guy. Not, Jesus. Not the death penalty for that guy. Well, let's, let's go step by step with this, though. Okay. Step by step. So Pedro Alonso Lopez was born into Lima, Colombia on October 8th. 1948 and he's the seventh of 13 children in the family oh we solved it already all middle children are serial killers go ahead lopez's mother's name was benilda lopez de castaneda okay i'm gonna take a moment here okay i don't speak spanish right uh i don't know how to read spanish our son does he does and he's fantastic he's fluent um, and if he were to listen to this, which he will, he's going to make fun of us. He's going to make fun of me. Yeah, but, well, yeah, you. but listeners, <laughs> bear with me. I'm going to completely butcher these words. She's going to do her best. But I'm going to do my best. Do I'm just best. letting you know. Don't turn it into a drinking game because this oh, is it's... set in Colombia. Y'all will die <laughs> <laughs> with how many times I screw up these words. But I'm going to do my best. So. His father, Medardo Reyes, was a member of the country's right-wing party who was killed in a conflict called La Violencia. The violence. Yes, the violence. The armed conflict of the area that would have repercussions for years to come. Lopez's mother, Benilda, was three months pregnant with her son at the time of his father's death. Hmm. In researching this case, his child... Tragedy before he was even born. right. And he, he was, felt it. Kind he of thing. was born into it. So in researching this case, his childhood resembles a nightmare. He was born into a country in the midst of urban riots and living conditions are extremely poor. Mm. La Violencia is a 10-year civil war in Colombia from 1948 to 1958 between the Colombian Conservative Party and the Colombian Liberal Party and was fought mainly in the countryside. Yeah, real quick, those words don't mean the same things. Yeah. Uh, in the same places for the same people. Right. I'm sure you guys know that. Don't need it means that. something different there than they do here. But I well, that's needed, not for this show to discuss. I need to throw that in there so there is a differentiation yeah. between the two sides. Okay. So I'm going to go in a little bit, a little bit of history to kind of get an idea of La Violencia. Let's do it. Context to understand the dipshit. So La Violencia is considered to have begun with the April 9th, 1948 assassination of Jorge Elisier Gaetan, a Liberal Party presidential candidate for the 1949 November election. His murder provoked the Bogotazo rioting, which lasted 10 hours. It was only 10 hours long, but 5,000 people were killed. Fuck. Rural town police and political leaders encouraged conservative supporting residents to seize the agricultural lands of liberal supporting residents, which provoked resident to resident violence throughout all of Colombia. Yeah, when you use the government to take your political enemy's <laughs> property away, people don't like that. La Violencia is estimated to have cost the lives of at least 200,000 people, almost wow. 2% of the population of the country at the time. Wow. Due to incomplete or just non-existent statistics, the exact measurement of La Violencia's humanitarian consequences is impossible to know. No. So scholars, however, estimate that between 200,000 and 300,000 lives were lost. 600,000 and 800,000 were injured mm. and almost 1 million people were di- displaced. Of course. So in La Violencia's directly or indirectly affected 20% 
of the whole population. Which means it affected the entire country yep. and the whole country was thrown into absolute yep. chaos. Yeah. <clears throat> but La Violencia did not acquire its name simply because of the number of people it affected. To name something the violence forever, I imagine it's pretty violent. It was the manner in which most of the killings, maimings, and dismemberings yeah, were done. Yeah, fuck. dismemberings. Well, oh, now remember this boy is growing up. He's born into this. Just for context, this is what he's seen. Certain death and torture techniques become so commonplace that they were given names. For example, Pakar Para Tamal, which involves slowly cutting up a living person's body, or Bokachikwar, where hundreds of small punctures were made until the victim slowly bled to death. See, I feel like that's taking yourself and your ideas a little too serious. Yikes! I think that's going a little too far with whatever you think you believe. Uh, might want to read a different book. Might want to sit down and, and have a cup of coffee and chill out, out for just a second. Yeah. Yeah. Due to the nature of war, Pedro would most likely have been witnessed horrific atrocities at an extremely young age. Yeah. When you mix the lack of food and basic necessities, the daily terror of invasion and the horrific sights, sounds, and smells of the atrocities being committed around him, Pedro's childhood would have been the stuff of nightmares. Big time. Seriously. Nonetheless, Pedro was described as a polite boy and wanted to be a teacher, according to his mother. <laughs> wow. He often helped the younger neighborhood children with their schoolwork. That's irony. That's got to be irony. Damn you, Alanis Moore said I can't remember what irony is anymore. In 1957, at the age of eight, the first signs of something growing in the child's psyche began to appear. His mother caught him trying to force his younger sister into sexual intercourse. Mm. For this reason, he's thrown out of the house and he's forbidden to return. So they oh. kicked him out. Okay. Pedro's forced. <laughs> so that's the first kick down the road. Yep. All right, society, Eight your years problem. Old. Eight-year-old maniac, your yep. problem. So trying, that's, to that's, rape, that's, trying to rape his sister. That's the first time he's kicked down the road to be somebody else's problem. So Pedro's forced to adapt to street life until he's approached by a man who promises to give him a house and food. So he accepts, making a choice he will regret for the rest of his life. Because mm. the man does not take him to his home but leads him to an uninhabited building where he sexually assaults him uh, before abandoning him on the street again. After this terrible event... So now I feel bad for a psycho. Thanks well, a lot, weird universe that I live in. In this, the process of talking about these serial killers, we're kind of... All of the stories have a psychological background. Right. Well, it humanizes trying, this piece of shit that... Well, know. we're trying to understand. At least yeah. when, from my perspective, when I'm looking into this stuff, I'm trying to understand. I can never understand. Right. I just don't get it. But I'm trying to put the building blocks in place to find out how they got to this point. Mm -hmm. How did you get here? Right. I mean, what? Who hurt you? <laughs> well, and there's step. This is just step one. This about, is step 10, probably. There's, there's very few that don't have that answer. Right. Very few. For a lot of these serial killers, it seems like the world is hell. And so they create a little hell that they can control. Well, after this terrible event, he develops a strong distrust of strangers. So he alienates himself more and more from the outside world. He begins to move only at night. He becomes nocturnal, looking for food in garbage cans and even in the landfills. So Damn it. after a few months of life alone on the streets, he decides to move to Bogota, the capital city of Colombia, where he became one of the homeless children known as... Gaminis. I probably said that word wrong, but he eventually joined a gang and smoked basuco, an impure form of cocaine. So he was, what, nine when nine. he started smoking cocaine? In a gang. In a gang, yeah. Right. 
after already being put in very adult situations yeah. and already <clears throat> putting another child in a very adult situation, at least four, one. five, six His years old, sister. seeing somebody bleeding to death slowly in the street due to, or, you know, any yeah. of this crazy shit slowly cutting up a living person's body. So anyways, Fuck. so it's here that he, uh, while he was begging in the street, he's approached by a couple who offered to host him in their home. So it was this young couple. They see this child on the streets and they want to help him. Mm-hmm. So they take care of Pedro, guaranteeing him a home and even enrolling him in school for orphans. So he was able to go back to school. Right. So and, this isn't kicking the, the rock down the road. This is somebody no, picking up the is, rock and saying, all right, let's, all right, uh, let's, let's do something with this. Let's polish off this rock a little bit. So things seem to be improving, well, until the age of 12. Oh, fuck. The rock bit me. Yeah. Lopez is harassed by his teacher. And after this occurrence, he decides to leave everything behind and go back to living on the streets. Mm-hmm. It's at this time Pedro begins stealing cars to make a living, becoming an expert thief. Mm. He continues this shady business until in 1969 he's arrested during a theft attempt and sentenced to seven years in prison. He was only 21 years old. Sheesh. Yeah, so after only two days in jail, he claims to have been sexually assaulted by four inmates. From this moment, four people. So from this moment on, he determines that he'll no longer tolerate any form of abuse. He armed himself with a handmade knife. Yeah, what he decided was, I'm going to be the one that does all the abuse from now on. Yep, so he he made a knife, and then he kills the four inmates who raped him one by one. Oh, boy. Yeah, for this, he's granted two additional years in prison with the mitigation for self-defense. So he gets two more years. He finishes his sentence in 1978, and Pedro is now 30 years old. And the return to freedom marks the beginning of a new era for Lopez, but in the most negative sense possible uh, yeah yeah this guy shouldn't have been let out yeah madness has now definitively settled in his mind and starts to give rise to a series of atrocities mm. he settles in peru where he begins to target young women of the indian tribes according to his statements he's killed more than a hundred mm. of these women mm-hmm. during one of his attempts to assault a little girl he's captured by a tribe of ayachucos who tortured him for several hours before deciding to bury him alive Okay, so Yikes. he hates the planet Yikes! because it's mean to him, and his response is to be mean to the planet. Right. So this is just chaos and just mm-hmm. just trapped in like this little evil cycle. Yep, you that hurt sucks. me, I'll hurt you right back. Yeah, right. and it's so deep into the hurt at this point that yeah, God there's... knows what it was like in the... In the moment. Fuck. Well, uh, evidently luck was on Lopez's side because this is that <laughs> the missionary guy that you were talking about. <coughs> well, so. that's karma for you right there. <laughs> a missionary manages to convince the community to spare Lopez's life and entrust and basically give him to the authorities. Mm. Um, he's handed over to the police. Eventually, he's removed from the country and transferred to Ecuador. Kicking the rock once again. Yep. They're like, I don't want to deal with them. So, Out of here. You know, you're off to Ecuador. But th- imagine what that was you like. You killed 100 people. Okay, well. But imagine that, that, that's that got to be, like, some of these guys that are Jeez. prison guards are like, yeah, this is just a job. Uh, I don't want to be around this. Do you guys want to be around this guy? Let's get him out of the country. We could just give him to Ecuador. Fuck those guys. Ugh. Fuck Ecuador. Yeah. And well, during this period, he claimed he'd killed about three girls a week. Dude. Three children a week. His His words were, in an interview... I like the girls in Ecuador. They're more gentle and trusting, more innocent. God damn. I wish that missionary would have would have been like, right. no, go no, ahead. Let him bury him alive. Yeah, let's just, yeah. as you were. There you go. So it, in the it's fo- God's will. <laughs> in it the, seems to be. 
In the following years, he moves more around the country, also making visits back to Colombia, continuing his crazy serial killer career. He manages to go unnoticed as the disappearance of young girls are attributed to reasons of sexual slavery. Right. So, so people are thinking that they're being abducted by the slave trade. So now there's this kind of monster they don't even know to worry about. The sex trading was going on. Right. So he was at least competing he was, with it. Yeah. One man was competing with sex slaves. Yeah. So like so people, sex traders. So people were afraid of, of <clears throat> losing their children, their, especially their daughters, it sounds like. Yeah. But they didn't know it was him. Right, he, he was right. just that's so crazy. Yeah, so we're gonna move on to uh, his arrest. What actually brought him into police custody officially? Capturing the dipshit. Ambato, Ecuador, April 1980. Carvina Poveta is the mother okay. shopping at a local market with her 12 year old daughter Marie. Normal stuff. Everything seems normal until a scruffy looking man approaches and grabs her daughter running away. Caravina starts screaming, and in a few moments, the subject is blocked by the merchants, who in the meantime have called the police. When the agents arrive on the scene, they take the man into custody and transport him to the police station. Pedro Lopez, this is the name the attacker just gave the police. That's a boogeyman's name. However, Pedro doesn't want to talk to the investigators, so they have to develop a ruse to get him talking. So... They send a priest from the area, Father Cordoba Godino, under the false pretense that he's a prisoner and put him in a cell with Lopez. No thanks. After a short time in the cell, though, no thanks. Pedro begins to share terrible things with the father. No thanks. So much so that after a day, the priest asks to be taken out of the cell and moved away from Pedro. <laughs> and he leaves the country. He's like, no, <laughs> I'm out of here. So he reports everything to the police who subsequently decide to question Pedro mm. again. So... Yeah, they want to know more. Yeah, I bet. This time, Pedro will speak, leaving everyone speechless. There was no longer any doubt the policeman had just stopped a monster. Mm -hmm. Now is where this terrible story gets even worse. The dipshit confesses. So he confesses to being a serial killer and killing 110 girls in Ecuador, 100 girls in Colombia, and 100 more in Peru. Jesus. The Associated Three Press country tour of fucking, <clears throat> right. Uh, the Associated Press reported he was arrested in March 1980, and then he confessed to killing 103 girls, including 53 whose bodies had been found. He acted by prowling in search of victims, mainly in the middle of markets. He often followed these children for a few days, waiting for the right moment to kidnap them. Yeah. And as soon as he managed to get a hold of them, he would drag them to an isolated area where he sexually assaulted them and ah. strangled them with his bare hands, looking them straight in the eye. So he is the ultimate, as a, as a father of a daughter, mm -hmm. or two children, doesn't matter, boy or girl, yeah. he is the ultimate fucking nightmare. Yeah. Because the most things that people are fear about is are you know kidnappings, and mm -hmm. it ends up being 90, 95% people that know the child, right, family right, right, members right. or mm -hmm. friends of family. This is just some random dude that mm -hmm. preys on three girls a week. Mm -hmm. And f I mean, th this is the ultimate nightmare. It's awful. Yeah. And this this one paragraph, this two, three sentences here, uh, condenses a lot of information that I skipped over. Now, I want to just, you know, clarify a little bit here. He kidnapped them. He drugged them to an isolated location where he sexually assaulted them. Not once, but a lot. And then he strangled them, but not once, <sighs> but a lot. Right. He brought, he yeah. waited for them to yeah. almost so, die. And, then and not all of them. It, you know, it, 
I guess it depended on his mood that day. Or but how strong the child was. I mean, right, God right. Damn, dude, that's so he he, there was a bit of torture going on here. Right. Uh, and it wasn't just, you know, rape and, and kill. It was over quick, and over again. There's almost no solution there either. When you have this kind of scenario going on in a, in a society, mm. uh, when mm-hmm. you have little girls that are being picked off and, mm-hmm. and people don't know. I mean, the, what's the solution? Giving, like teaching six, seven, eight, nine-year-old girls how to use fucking firearms? I mean, yeah, there's, there's I almost nothing you can do Mm-mm. other than... I mean, just keep your... That's the scariest it's, it's, we, yeah. scenario I can think of as a parent. Chilling, yeah, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, It's almost just like dropping bombs on a, on a city. Yeah. But it's just this little fucking assassin. Fear bombs. The agents decided to cross-check his statements, so they asked him to be taken to the places where he'd buried his victims. Okay. So, and he look, did, right? And he, he, he did. So he took them to a secluded area near Umbato. Um, where there were the remains of 53 girls between the ages of 8 and 12. 53 skeletons. Dude. Being in police custody was likely the safest place for Pedro, though. Did, so, you, did you see any of, like, the... This is like a mass grave? It was... A, yes, I did. I saw photos. So it was... They were all black and white, the ones that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and what had happened, there was... And I'll cover it in here a little bit later, but there was a storm that had come through and there was a flash flood and it had revealed bones in this area so it was what i saw was muddy there was um i mean he left the clothes on the children Mm -hmm. so in this mass grave there were clothing in you know bones wrapped in clothes exactly Um. and that's there's so many unidentified bodies that nobody they were children but but they couldn't claim them so only 53 were found and identified oh so there was even because more because of the oh yeah because of their clothing jesus yeah so it's not like so they this were dude so how did he do this i wonder did he just dig a hole and bury them one at a time and redig the hole or I, was he burying them in little shallow it, graves it looked like he and this had rainstorm made it into a big mud mess of it, bones it looks like what it looked like from the photos it looked like he had a killing field so he had kind of like a garden where he would oh, put man. these people is what it looked like to me. It it appeared that way. Although what I was looking at was the side of a hillside. So I don't know if the storm had come through and created a gully because of the flash flood. Quite possible. Or was he burying them on a hillside and it just washed that right. topsoil away? Imagine, possible. imagine what's going on inside his mind. Mm. When he's doing all this shit, imagine yeah. the, the, the kind of inner dialogue that he's having well, and how you ju- how the, you justify this or, or there is, see, revel that's, in it. I don't go over it in, in my script that I wrote, but I mean, at one point during the police questioning him on site of the killing field that he buried his, these bodies at, he was so heartless and spoke about this stuff so matter of fact. It was almost like he was, you know, what talking about what he ate for breakfast that morning. Yes. At one point, he there was a photographer there, like a forensics photographer, taking pictures of this, the scene, mm-hmm. and he actually picked up a skull, tucked it under his arm like a basketball. Fuck. And went to pose for the photographer. Like, is this from my baseball card? My basketball R- card? Right. My and murder guy the card? The police are like, no, 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 no. Put that down. And <laughs> absolutely do not take a picture of that. Right. Um, and that was in an interview that included Pedro and another gentleman. So, Fuck. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy when there's so much information that I didn't put in here, but... There's deep dives out there. You guys can find that. Absolutely. But this is, uh, this story continues. There's more fucking shit. Yeah. So basically Uh, the police, they ask him to show him the location and they were afraid that the public, because the public found out what was going on, they were afraid that Pedro was going to be killed. Well, they caught the boogeyman. So in order to transport him safely to this dump site. They were kind of afraid. They're like, oh, I mean, they just, they want to know where all the bodies are. They need to know. They don't want him killed because they want information. But they all want him to die bad. (laughs) I mean, every one of them. Oh yeah, Yeah, I'm sure. uh, Most of them want to do it with their own bare hands, which is another great thing about humanity hooray for us well in order to transport him safely to the dump site the police disguised him as a police officer they had to dress him up like a cop in order to get him out there and feel safe so people won't kill him it's a crazy world well the police believed he only confessed because of that flash flood and the flash flood had uncovered the mass grave containing many of his victims in that area so they think that you know he's like well I got caught type thing. Right. So on July 31st, 1981, 33-year-old Lopez pled guilty to the murders of 57 girls and had confessed to 300 more sexual assaults and stranglings. Fuck. He's imprisoned in Embato, where he was officially diagnosed as a sociopath. You think? This is, yeah. You think? <laughs> I'm going to go psychopath. I'm going to go full on psychopath. So this is this is crazy though. We're going to get into some really fucking crazy shit. So because of Ecuador's laws at the time, Lopez only received he received the maximum sentence which was only 16 years. Yeah, that's crazy. The public was outraged by this. So Ecuador later changed its maximum prison sentence to 25 years. So okay. that's better than 16. See, they, that's people that believe in uh, that you can rehabilitate a well, mass murder motherfucker. Yeah, I disagree with you guys. Sorry. Despite the scope of his crimes, he only served 14 years before being deported to Colombia. <laughs> Kicking the rock down Kicking the road. Kicking the rock again. down the road. According to CNN, Lopez was arrested in 1980, but was freed by the government of Ecuador at the end of 1998. And they also kicked the rock down the road. Yep. They're like, we don't want him. We don't need no boogeyman around now. Yeah, in an interview from his prison cell, Lopez described himself as the man of the century as he said he was being released for good behavior. See, when I heard that, I wondered if he was talking about, like, because I was so good when I, w- I didn't kill these people that I probably should have killed. I should have killed at least five or six of these fucking prisons, but I didn't. Yeah, I don't. Or is who it knows? like, because who? I killed all these people, I'm the fucking best human because I'm, you know, oh, Who knows what goes through these people's minds I, I you know i've listened to interviews and i'm like what the fuck do you said that out loud I, yeah <laughs> it's insane well there's so, two scenarios of as what he may have thought so an a and e biography documentary reported that he was released from an ecuadorian prison on august 31st 1994 okay. and then rearrested as an illegal immigrant and handed over to colombian authorities who charged him with a 20 year old murder okay so mm. He's charged, now he's released, he's been handed over as an illegal immigrant, he's declared insane, and held in the psychiatric wing of a Bogota hospital. Woodchipper wing. But just four years later, in 1998, he was declared sane. Okay. Yeah, and he was released... All on, better. Yep, he's all better, and he was released on fifty dollars bail. <laughs> fifty bucks, and you can go, Mister Mass Murder Guy. Well, that is, there's a difference in currency exchange. Fifty dollars so. okay, bail. Enough. Okay, yeah. subject to for, certain for, conditions, that's, right? That, for hundreds of lives, 
That is definitely not a, the going rate of hundreds of lives. You know, it says subject to certain conditions. I'm sure it means, you know, stay in the area. You can't have a firearm. Stay away from children. He fucking fled. He left. Of course. He just, yeah. just went into yeah. the world. And so, but he went directly. He visited his elderly mother who said he was there to ask for his inheritance. But upon finding out that she was didn't have anything poor. Right. Yeah. He He's, was a sweetie pie. He sold her only bed. Oh, no. And her only chair to the people on the street. Well, that's pretty on brand. Probably so, ripped those people off, too. Lo, he probably stole right, the rest of their money. Lopez, Here's a bed, motherfucker. Give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> Lopez then vanished with concerns, having risen about his possible connection to a 2002 murder. One out of almost 400. Of Interpol released the advisory for his re-arrest uh, re by Colombian authorities over that murder in 2002. He is currently wanted by the police, and his whereabouts are unknown fuck. as of 2022. No one knows where the fuck he is. That's fucked. And he's, he's in his 70s. Yeah. So he's fucking just running around since, the world. Since 1994, since the year our daughter was born, mm -hmm. he's been rolling around the world. There is no rehabilitation for somebody like this. No. Well, after the first couple murders, you don't try. Three you, fucking you stop hundred. Trying. Yeah. There's what? no, there's no like, well, you know, he did kill 300, but he did find, fill in your, your whatever religious person. Yeah, he found some he, deity. Yeah. He 12 stepped him his way out of murder, <sighs> rape and murder. And now he's better. Okay. You know, so, real quick though. Yeah. This reminds me of like, there's lots of different versions of what people believe when it comes to ghosts and afterlife mm -hmm. and what things will haunt other people and why. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. This guy's <laughs> running around the world. If any of the ones where it's like the killer is haunted by the the killed. Ah, oh, 300 guy, attached ghosts. Yeah, so then go a little further. Uh -huh. Say you have like a character that's, you know, that can see through the 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 veil mm -hmm. and sees, you know, realm stuff. Imagine that, how busy this guy would be. Mm. They'd spot him out and be like, "Shit, he's got 500 fucking little spirits chasing around mm -hmm. going, "You motherfucking killer." <laughs> and I hope he does. And I hope it sucked every day uh, for him. I hope it but sucked I doubt the it. life out of him. Sociopath psychopathic behavior at this level. I don't think this he probably reveled in it. <sighs> okay, so here's a little bit of coverage. So it, the 2006 this I found this is interesting. The 2006 edition of the Guinness Book of World Records credited Lopez as no. being the most prolific serial killer. Ooh. The World Book you of World Records. I, okay, so the listing was removed. Yeah, after people were pissed. Yeah, yeah, they complained very... that it made a competition out of murder. I am not a person to be offended by things. And that doesn't offend me, but it's fucking dumb. That's that's very It's uncoothful. insensitive. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but they figured it out. I'm sure they've done that many times. And Calm down, you fucking bastards. We're trying to figure this out. <laughs> you guys said you wanted serial killer shit, and we're fucking trying to go at the 21st century. Fuck you. So. Sorry. Last Worst week, Irish slash Scottish accent never. <laughs> My bad. Well, a couple of weeks ago, um, Guinness Guinness is Irish. In case people don't know, I'm just educating. <laughs> it's just uh, for those of you that don't know. In case you didn't know. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we covered Eileen Warnos and uh, Amy Dugan. Right. I had stated that I wasn't sure what constituted a serial killer. What What was the definition of? Because if they weren't considered, I. Eileen Warnos was considered a serial killer, but, but not, Amy wasn't. So right. I was confused. So I found a couple of uh, detailed stuff here. So according to the National Center for Victims of Crime, mass murderers differ from serial murderers or serial killers in that mass murderers appear to suddenly act out and indiscriminately kill numbers of people in a specific time period. Yeah, like now, a school shooter. Right. Terrorist. So yeah. the official FBI but definition terrorist, yeah. for serial homicide is, or a serial killer is, 
three or more separate events with an emotional cooling off period between homicides, each murder taking place at a different location. Really? So that's that's the FBI's definition of that makes sense. serial homicide. The different location thing, I guess that makes sense too. Right. So it would be a different location. Unless you're just picking people off from the same place, which in a sense, <laughs> little town is. Well, he was. Three three yeah. girls three girls a week at least. And then dumping them in the same place. So it's not necessarily... I find it interesting that he did this in, in Ambato, even after... Because he went to Peru, he went to um, Ecuador, he was all over the place. Right. Um, and he said that he did all of this stuff. The monster of Andy's tour. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. I know. But Ambato is where he basically was raised. So it was very interesting. So he came that back he did, home to... Yeah, and dumped all these carcasses. Mm. Okay, so... While looking into this case, I was reminded of another case. So Henry Lee Lucas confessed to the murder of an unknown girl known as Orange Socks. And she was called that because she was wearing orange socks when she was found in 1979. Lucas had confessed to the murder seemingly just for fun, as he had confessed to thousands of other murders to basically to inflate his body count. So while the Lopez body count really is high, it seems some serial killers or the serial killers in general don't mind exaggerating their number of kills to match something like this. It's insane what we're competitive about as far as yeah, human I beings. Know. I mean, there's it, some people that they're like, I want to be the fastest in this and I'm going to train real hard. And other right. people are like, I want to be the sloppiest, shittiest fuckhead ever <laughs> lived. I'm going to do it too. Well, so as another example, Russian serial killer Alexander Pachishkin, also known as the chessboard killer. Yeah. I know you're familiar with yeah. who that is. Yeah. He said he planned to kill 64 people, which just... With the chessboard. Yeah, yeah, matched the number of squares on a chessboard. Dickhead. Of course, he later admitted he would have kept killing even after reaching that special number. It's been suggested that Pachishkin was in competition with Andre Chikatilo. Chikatilo yeah. Yep. Okay, real, real quick. The Rostov Ripper. Fill in your own. <laughs> what this big deal? All right, well, hold on. Let's let's hear it. No, let's give him space. Is Go this... ahead. This is your turn. Yep. On the count of three, I want you to say, what this big deal in your best voice? Yes. Not you, wife. Oh. This is for the listeners. All right. One, two, three. All right, now uh -huh. back to the story. <laughs> now Get, you it's got out, it of your out of your system. What is a big deal? What the big deal? Either way. Uh, he was a danger to himself or others, which is the main point of any of these serial killers. Obviously, Pedro Alonso Lopez wasn't just dangerous due to the sheer number of victims. In fact, if he had been caught or killed sooner, he wouldn't have had such high numbers anyways. Right. So if that missionary hadn't in yeah. intervened, it could have saved a couple hundred. But still, because his whereabouts are unknown, the body count may have become higher mm. after his release. And he's probably out there still killing. You don't just turn it off. Right. And it's just strangling children. That's probably one of the easiest ways. To, that's, they're the easiest people to kill. Well, so. Oh, damn it. Dear Jesus. Seriously? When I was giving this some thought. Right. So I started to think that if he is still out there, he's forced into hiding and has a much harder time getting away with murder. And of course, any other antisocial bullshit. So after all, if you're on the run, you have to be careful of the company you keep. Right. So, I mean, who you talk to. In fact, I have a who hard time. Who would want to help this fucking asshole? Well, I have a hard time imagining him successfully traveling far undetected. Yeah. Uh, maybe possible, but it hardly seems like it would be easy for him to do. Like, to travel to another continent um in addition the the culture shock of entering uh to like a foreign area foreign land it's reasonable thing to that he'd stand out and he can't keep a low profile so well, to that like psychic know, lady that sees all the fucking spirits <laughs> shouting at him he's like yep. it's like flags like you 50, have 500 flags just on this guy of fucking well, ethereal ghost 
Chitrins. I don't well, know. Well, what Terrible. kind of, what kind of, I mean, if you're a fugitive, what kind of difficulties would you be facing? You oh, know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you can't get a job very easy. It, right, I mean, well, you're, you're destined to have to get jobs that are in the black market. Right. Or to just steal. Well, you could get locked up. You could get attacked by other Getting criminals. locked up would be the best thing, but you'd want to find like in, in where they're talking about at the time period they're talking about. Yeah. That's not... You got to go find the prison that's not going to do terrible things to you there. Right. So there's really no way. Well, you there's can't you can't get a job. You can't make any money. You're going to have a hard time with it. You fucked. Um, you can't connect with any of your old friends or your family. No. Because it will get you found. Right. So a lot of these people have, they're like chameleons. They're able to blend. Mm-hmm. Um, but they tend to make missteps somewhere along the line. So they kind of fuck up here and there. In fact, when Lopez was originally caught, remember when he was caught at the market? Mm-hmm. It was by a crowd of angry people. So he was accused of trying to lure a little girl away from her mom. And it turned out the angry crowd was right to suspect him. But I want to bring up, too, I I can appreciate that. Because similarly, serial killer Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, was apprehended by an angry mob. Mm. So I don't know if you remember that, but they've, Mm -mm. they've... recognized him they detained him as a crowd beat the fuck out of him until the police got there so you know um when you think people were fed up with the night stalker bullshit so when you think back to the photos of uh there's a photo of richard ramirez and he's got a bloody nose and a cut face that's from the crowd did that to him Did they beat the shit? We don't know if they beat the shit out of him. It doesn't say anywhere whether he got the shit beat out of him or not. I hope they did. I bet they weren't gentle with him. They weren't just detaining him like, hold on. Well, he tried to kidnap a little girl. They don't know who he is. They don't know what he's done, but they do know he tried to kidnap a little girl. So hopefully he got punched. Oh, he got punched a lot. Yeah, I hope so. If it's a crowd of people, they were taking turns punching. It was merchants. It was in a market. It was people who had stands and stuff. Who Who probably know that family. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Good. I mean, fuck. But he's still out there. That's the worst. That bothers me. And the fucking fact that he was released, he was declared insane 24 months later. He went from insane in 24 months to, hey, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. What Uh, happened? Oh, we switched doctors and they they didn't, we didn't keep good good records. (laughs) Good God. We didn't keep track of the 300 murders that Uh, are on his, in his file. Whoopsie. That's a file we should keep. Did you ever figure out? It's hard to find these kind of things. Was there any estimate about his IQ or? Nope. I looked. I, I looked. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, he was known when he was younger because he did help the neighborhood kids with their homework. No oh, goody. Um, he was kind of known to be on the more intelligent side as far as schooling goes. Okay. He, there was no grades. There was no mention of any of that mm. stuff. There may have been, but a lot of it was in Spanish. So I had a hard time reading some of the articles. He didn't seem to be real cunning when it came to where he put the bodies. I mean, he put all of his eggs in one basket, in a sense, in one town anyways. Who knows how many of those sites he has. Right. Because he has to have one in Peru with the the indigenous women, Mm -hmm. the tribal women. That's right. He killed over a hundred, evidently. So their bodies have to be somewhere unless he was just nomadically living and traveling through Peru and right. killing as he went, which is possible. Totally. Well, let's get more into all of these details on the other side of this. Let's do the dipshit meter. How big of a dipshit is this guy? Pretty big. All right. As you guys know, with the dipshit meter, we have four categories mm-hmm. normally, but we've added one to make this just more precise and more. The whole point of, of our first part of the dipshit meter is to how 
figure out how dangerous yeah. a person is. These famous or not so famous serial killers are. And we added basically public threat, which is a, you know a nicer way of saying body count. Because mm-hmm. some of these people, the body count matters. In this case, 300 people, he's much larger threat than say even Jeffrey Dahmer with 17 or so. Right, right. And so we thought that that would do justice to what we're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. And so we did that. We recalculated all of the scores for all of the six, eight other people that we've looked into. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of graded them accordingly. Their scores changed. But it made more sense, too. It did. Because it took Joseph Fritzl, who was a 4.1, for example, who was higher than... You know, Ed Kemper and higher than Jeffrey Dahmer. But killed no one. But killed no one. Right. It brought him down to a 2.85. So one of the worst, yeah. one of the highest criminal minds and mm-hmm. one of the worst in, I think, depravity or fucking cruelty. Yeah. But then it made it more realistic because he didn't kill anyone. He right. just tortured this poor girl and her family. Yeah. Uh, but it made everything right. And it put Pedro Lopez, he's second. He didn't quite take Albert Fish from... I don't think anyone will ever take Albert Fish. No. But with our new system, with the amount of people that uh, are killed being part of this, Mm -hmm. Albert Fish dropped from a 4.9 to a 4.5. But Pedro Lopez, I think he was like the Hail Mary attempt to see if we could dethrone an Albert Fish. Well, 300 people, even if there's, they say more than that, but let's just say a round number of 300 people. They there found 57 be, in one spot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so. 57, they found more than that. Right. 57 but identifiable. They found 57 body. identifiable bodies mm-hmm. in one spot. So he's got a bunch of those little things, like a bunch of little murder holes. Yeah. That he, yeah. Fuck. Well, so when you, he didn't just kill. I mean, he kidnapped, he followed them around. He tracked their pathways and mm. and he stalked them so basically. This was pre-planned, very pre-planned, and mm. then he kidnapped them, and then he drugged them away, and then he raped them repeatedly, uh-huh. uh, then he strangled them, and he he admitted to this stuff. Now, when they inspected, they actually did uh, they can't autopsy bones, right. you know. Yeah, these are all but when they bodies. yeah, but when they looked into it, there was no signs of like trauma or anything. At least not written down you know they didn't document that sure but so strangulation makes sense right but who knows what he did to these girls dear jesus you're seeing this right there nobody knows but he said he would he said he strangled them them and let him come back you know not to to the point of death and Mm -hmm. then let him breathe let him breathe and and, yeah and uh yeah, so... Dear Lord, you made some real shitty ones. Even though his score is, is lower than Albert Fish, and he didn't do the terrible things Albert Fish did, the simple fact that he did this 300-plus times... Yeah, I mean, he's... It's terrible. Most dangerous humans. He's in the... Terrible. Basically, he's a monster. He is a legit... He is the monster of, of the, the Andes. Andes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, let's dig right into the dipshit files meter. Let's start with Brutality. Brutality. So for brutality, we gave him a 3.5. Mm-hmm. He didn't do the, the kind of bloody things Mm-mm. that some of the other brutal people have done, but he raped children, yeah. hundreds of them. So yeah. 3.5, I know, I know that sounds kind of low, but a five in this case is, is very gory. Yeah. And I'm sure in, was, in the brutality, yeah, a five is, you know, cutting the face off of somebody right. while they're still alive so you could wear it as a mask. Right. That's... And he didn't do anything that we know of, and he never admitted to anything even remotely close to that. Right. It was strangulation it was and strange. rape. Yeah. So 3.5. Now let's check into cruelty. Cruelty. 
cruelty, he gets a 4.75. Yep. He couldn't have been much more cruel right. with the way he did everything. Yeah. Why did you give him a 4.75? Um, the simple fact that he terrorized these, these children before he killed them. And there was women in there, too, from what I understand in Peru, at the, from the tribes. They said women. So I'm assuming they were adult females. But right. It seemed his M.O. was very, the, very young. The simple fact that they were raped every way possible. I mean, use your imagination. Yeah, don't Please don't. Don't think about yeah, that. But they were raped every way possible. They were strangled more than once. Mm -hmm. If they survived long enough. Mm -hmm. And so the cruelty. And he looked them all. He made a point to tell again and again that he looked all these children in the eyes as the life left them. Seemed to be the main on thing On purpose. Him. Yeah. He wanted to see them leave. Worst piece awful. of shit. Awful, awful. Of. Cruelty. Uh, yeah, high. Not so as high as Fritzel. I mean, as uh, Albert Fish, but right, cruelty right is there. high. Yeah. Yeah. Criminal Mind time. Criminal Mind. So his Criminal Mind, it wasn't super high, it wasn't super low. He was a three. Yeah, he was kind of middle of the road. He stalked mm -hmm. his girls. He, he pre-planned. Planned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's, he had a... He had an idea. Mm -hmm. He just dumped bodies, it seemed. Well, he at least he buried them. He right. didn't just, well, we think he buried them. Um, sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like he just kind of dug That's a hole. That's not really a plan. That's just digging a hole. Right. And they, they buried them all right next to each other, so it made a big yeah, mud pudding of bones and sadness. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fucking, and that's how they found, yeah. All right, now let's check out his depravity. Depravity. So his depravity gets a 3.5. Mm-hmm. And he is... He didn't do the things that, uh, say, a, you know, a Kroll would do mm -hmm. or a uh, Ed Kemper and these right. kind of things. But he's still pretty depraved because he's raping children. Well, he uh, never admitted to any type of necrophilia. But, you know, so I don't know how, if that were a thing. Right. Do you, so, do you agree with the 3.5? I do. Okay. I do. Because it's just, it's so many people and it's so, such a, the such sheer number just crime. drove it up. Yeah. yeah. And the, the people he chose, yeah. you know, yeah. um, preteen girls. Right. Yikes. I think probably all of you guys are like, no, it's five across the board. He's the worst that ever existed. Yeah. Well, I'm and trying, if you think so, please <clears throat> let us know. I'm trying to be as realistic and, and fair as possible. Yes, you know, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. Right. I would give him, I would give them all a five because right. they killed people, yeah. but you know, but in this case, even though it's fucking atrocious, mm -hmm. 3.5. And the last one is going to be public threat. Threat to the public. And so public threat, like we said, is our nice way of saying body count. Yeah. how dangerous, how much danger were people in the community mm -hmm. in? And you said this before we, we recorded. It's like a percentage of the people, of the little girls in that village, he mm -hmm. was going to knock off if yeah. people didn't get him out of there. That's right. about as dangerous as you could get. Yep. It was a high percentage at one in these point, villages. Yeah, at one point, he was killing <laughs> three girls. He's, by his own claims, three girls a week. Right. A village doesn't equate to a lot of people. That's no. hundreds or maybe a thousand or something. Right. So that's, fuck. I mean, that's insane. That guy spends a weekend there mm -hmm. and, you know, a percentage of that, or a month there. And yeah. And a percentage of that, that town is gone. 90 people gone. That's insane. So he got... The highest you could possibly get for public threat, right? Because he's the he's fucking Guinness Book. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe they I can't believe they did that. I'm sure that somebody was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> In the company, they're like, "We never do that. That's terrible." Mm -hmm. But public threat five. Yeah, and he's really the. This is the reason why we came up with this in the first place yep. to add this public threat, which I think makes 100 percent sense now. 
Uh, but yeah, you kill 300 people, you're more dangerous than Joseph Fritzl, mm-hmm. uh, who's just really good at torturing one person mm-hmm. or a gr- little group of his family. Yeah. So five. And overall, that gives us a 3.95 mm-hmm. for Mr. Pedro Lopez. And that puts him second on our list of shitheads, dipshits that we've looked into so far. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still ways below Robert Fish, who's a 4.5. But Pedro Lopez is higher than Joachim Kroll, who is a 3.85. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer, who was a 3.55. Ed Kemper, who was a 3.35. Mm. <laughs> Plus Joseph Fritzl, who became a 2.85, where mm-hmm. he was a 4.1. They're like stats, stats, stats. But Amy Dugan was an interesting one in our new scale. Mm-hmm. She went from a 2.05, but she she was such a prolific killer. All 63 the way up to, people. Yeah. yeah. So she went up. Uh, 63 is a 5 for us in, in the amount of mm-hmm. public threat. So she got a 2.65. Getting making her a higher threat than Ed Gein, which I think is yeah you know and he actually dropped quite a bit down to a two point oh yeah and then Eileen Warnos uh, she became a one point four mm-hmm. from a much lower score I think she was lower than that so yeah well you know she killed seven uh, this is science motherfuckers yeah. <laughs> we're sciencing this shit do you feel scienced I hope you science that we're scientists now mm. and so are you you're a scientist now too mm-hmm. for listening okay maybe it doesn't work like that. <laughs> all right so overall. 3.95 and that's for you know the danger scale and as yeah. you guys know we have also the notoriety scale mm-hmm. and this kind of just gauges whether or not people were afraid during the time whether that translated into more or less afraidness mm-hmm. <laughs> fear at the end after the trial and then the infamy that lived on or crossed borders and, mm-hmm. and you know all that kind of stuff so let's do the notoriety Dipshit notoriety all right with notoriety we have before she was or before he was caught Mm -hmm. and the fear level was really high it was you gave him a 4.0 that's because children were missing right in droves and they thought it was you know a a cartel you know at the at this time trafficking yeah yeah, it's realistic at this time that was happening Mm that's probably still happening it is um children were being abducted and for slave trade yeah for sex trade so and he just put himself in there and hid amongst that yeah he was just and he's he was part of that abduction he may have doubled the numbers or something who knows well probably not probably it was i'm sure much more of a problem than that but he became part of it so you gave him a four i gave him a four because the fear was high and so that leads us to after he was caught people increased the amount of fear when Mm -hmm. they figured out that it was just one guy that killed hundreds of kids oh yeah so you gave him a 4.5 yeah after it was discovered, they discovered the just the mass grave mm-hmm. in that town. A lot of those those children in that mass grave were from that town. The parents were still there. Their children had been missing. Flash flood came through. They found, they discovered all these bones. Families were identifying their children mm, and their brothers way. and their, their sisters. I know. So... After he was discovered, they found out one man was doing all of this, their neighbor or, you know, some guy. And the fear was so high, everyone was afraid for their children. Yeah. So this is a guy that wanted to be a teacher at one point. <laughs> Fuck me. Jeez. All right. And then, yeah, so 4.5. Mm-hmm. In 1980, when, he, when it was discovered, he was doing this shit. Mm-hmm. And then they fucking let him out in 94. I know. The fuck are we doing? The 4.5 didn't last, that's for sure. <sighs> we don't let 4.5s out. No. Guys, that's a human rule. We let 4.5s rot in jail or we kill them. Insane. So, yeah. yeah, put in. I guess he was declared criminally insane, I guess. Yeah. 
And then, you know, they healed him from his criminal insanity in <laughs> 24, 24 months. Happens. 24 short months, you too can be healed from yeah. your criminal insanity. That's right. You can kill 40 people and then we'll forgive you if you just listen to the to, as long you follow as, these 12 steps. As long as Ecuador agrees to take you. <laughs> right. Kicking the rock <laughs> on down the road. Jeez. And that leads us to infamy, which is the most surprising thing. I, I, I don't know what the answer is as to why this isn't a more famous name. The monster of the Andes is... He's the scariest motherfucker. He's yeah. going after our our children, our right. little girls. Mm-hmm. That's the boogeyman, as far mm-hmm. as that. That's a parent's boogeyman. Yeah. And yet we gave him a one point five because nobody his fucking is, knows his name. Yeah. There's I, who would make a movie about this? I wouldn't want to even attend a you know, showing of such a film. Well, unless but, you're unless you're surrounded by people who look into these types of stories on purpose mm-hmm. if you were to just bring up in conversation be like hey did you hear about that yeah like that one guy that killed 300 kids in <laughs> south america people would be like who huh? exactly yeah exactly but in south america still very popular i'm sure I oh don't, i'm sure i don't know for fact this is just western this isn't shit yeah. that goes away yeah it's just here yeah that he's his infamy's low because nobody really knows his name yeah and that's what the infamy scale is does it does it cross borders does it you know I yeah mean, joachim kroll didn't really cross borders but we heard his name mm-hmm. but you know joseph fritzel crossing borders absolutely and there's quite a few that i'm sure america because we have or the united states we have so many media outlets that cover the shit and we're mm-hmm. obsessed with it i think all of our serial killers are just as famous as anyone else's right in other around the world well fritzel let's keep in mind too fritzel happened very recently it True. was 2008 yeah. i think right. and so that or maybe it's 2012 but that just happened so it was during the time of the internet and it was you know it's during the time of technology right this was pre all of that sure plus it was in south america right yeah, it was very That's rural, a, like rural areas. So smaller, right. smaller towns, smaller tribes, right. that sort of thing. And I think, yeah, because of that, I mm-hmm. think be, the statistic keeping. It was, yeah. It's just harder diff- to trust Yeah, when it's like, well, they weren't consistent here and there. So it's just mm-hmm. a speculation. It's these big round numbers. Whenever you hear 100 people here, 50 people mm-hmm. here. But then when you count... 57 confirmed right and he's saying yeah i killed way more than that and you find bones to 100 mm-hmm. and that, you know you're like well fuck <laughs> maybe this guy counted too low maybe yeah. it's a thousand people he doesn't know he three a week how yeah. long did this guy live doing that yeah and he's still fucking out there mm. so overall for his notoriety with the with the three scaled the three tiers uh it was a 3.33 which isn't it's just middle of the road mm-hmm. but it's mainly because of the terror that he caused in his local community well, all over the freaking s- southern half of the continent. Yeah, for sure. One man. All right, that's it for the dipshit meter. On the other side of this soundy thing will be our conclusions. Dipshit fires conclusions. All right, so our conclusions. I mean, he is he the worst of all time? It's hard to say. 3.95 as far as the dipshit meter. He doesn't, yeah. doesn't come up there with Albert Fish yet with 4.5. But Right. Well, he's up there. He's definitely up there. Yeah. He's definitely the most prolific serial killer that we are aware of at this time. Yeah. He definitely is. With that, with the numbers, yeah. And I, I the monster of the Andes, that's a good, mm-hmm. he is uh, the boogeyman for parents. Yeah. He's the worst for parents that I've ever heard. I don't like the fact that he's unknown where he's at. Yeah. He's out there somewhere. That could be the worst part of all of this by far. Y- you know, he could have passed away, but there's no, like ad- think so. there's no record of his passing. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Unmarked grave. Right. Once we do know he's dead, then it's like, yeah, we'll throw him in the bog. Mm-hmm. The fucking alligators yeah. eat him or whatever. 
All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to our show. This has been the Dipshit Files, episode number five. Mm -hmm. This has been a dark, dark one. It was not. Yeah. Without going into detail, it ended up being painting dark-ass pictures in my head. Yeah, well, I tried to get rid of as much darkness as I could without tainting the story. It's just human beings and what some of them, few, very few of them are capable of and what the wiring of the brain can do Mm -hmm. and what some of that nurture can do perhaps too. Right. You know, he had a terrible life. And he had a terrible fucking brain. Mm. Well, thank you guys. If you guys want to support what we do, you can always check us out on Patreon, backslash scatcast. I think it's backslash. Maybe it's, it's a forward, forward slash. slash. Forward slash scatcast. <laughs> you can always check out our website, scatcast.com. You guys know how to support podcasts. I've, I've seen it with my own eyes many a time. So yes. if you guys like what we do, you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we are going to visit another lady serial killer. Yes, we are. And just uh, her name is so fucking crazy for <laughs> being a serial killer. Linda Hazard. Yes. Just a dirty bitch. <laughs> Killing lots of them boys. <laughs> yep, so Probably with some poison and fucking no choking poison. and oh, no, nope, stabbed nope. a guy in his nope. face. Nothing of that? No, no. I was wrong as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying too hard. Dumb. Right. We're going to discuss that. It's a very interesting story. Over the, that song is going to play the whole episode, though. I'm bringing that back the whole time, just so you guys know. All right, so tell us a little bit about Linda Hazard. Well, Linda Hazard is a doctor. Oh. But she's not. No. She was a fake doctor? Was she pretend? Oh. She was a, yeah. She was well, a pretend naturopath type doctor. Oh, shit, boss. Yeah, located right here in Washington State. Oh, God. Occurred in Olala, over by the Sound. West Side? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very, very interesting. Okay. And the how reason... Many, how many people did she end up... It's not It's not exactly known. Mm. But two, for sure, Okay. broke the story. So oh, there's... I'll have all those two, details. Two, they couldn't be dead. One... Actually, two people broke the story. Living One died. Oh, Jesus. And the other one didn't. She almost died. Oh, wow. Yeah, but they're the ones that brought the story to the public eye. And they're from the UK... Okay. Uh, and this was set in the early like 1914, 1910, somewhere in there. Okay. So, yeah. Well, we look forward to that terrible story, it's, I'm sure. It's a very, very interesting story, and it fucking blows my mind that this woman got away with what she got away with. It's another one of those where it's like, what? <laughs> People are just keeping their heads what? down. Keep your head down. Just keep your head down. Get through the weekend. You'll be fine. Ah, and it, you know, it's interesting because it pulls the AMA in there, American Medical Association. Mm. Uh, it pulls in the funeral community, the mm. funeral business, funerary business. Anyways, yeah. pulls that into it. Lawyers and yeah, lots of vomit. Well, and, if there's flies, lawyers are around the, where and the flies are. Vomit and uh, body fluids. So you know. E. Yay. So looking forward to that mistaken, next week. A mistaken, uh, yeah, mistaken body. Ugh. Family comes in to see the embalmed body, and they're like, that's not my daughter. Yikes. Yeah, crazy. It's a crazy story. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yay, more tragedy. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Well, all right, you guys, this has been Dipshit Files number five. I've been Mr. Scriptkeeper. And I've been Mrs. Scriptkeeper. And we'll talk at you in the future. It'll seem like the present. Bye. <laughs> Dip
some shit files. Bing, Bing bong, bong. Bing.